0: I'm Akina and I'm Laurel and this is Jane Austen Culture Night.
1: In this week's episode you will find Regency skincare, boring cousins, and 30-foot drawing rooms.
0: There will be spoilers and maybe some cursing. This week we're reading chapters 15 and 16 in Persuasion. Yeah, I feel like not a ton happens these chapters, but like a lot of little things. And it's mostly just like, again, being with Anne and just watching how trashy her family is from the inside.
1: Well, now she's in Bath. So it's a different location. And she's back with her family in their house in Camden Place in Bath. And they're very excited to show her around and uh, talk about what a nice place they have and how much they love Bath and how they're like the most important people in town and everybody's come to visit them. And uh, yeah, they're basically like happy that Anne is there so that they can show off to her. Yeah,
0: (laughs) they wanted to hear her talk once and that was because they wanted her to tell them like how much they were missed at Keller Lynch Hall. They're like, Uh oh, my gosh, all of our old neighbors must have missed us so much. And Anne's not able. Anne is so honest she can't say like, oh, yes, like the so-and-so's asked about you and these people asked about you. Right. She, um she just like kind of has to be a little bit silent on that point because no one cares that they're gone. Like they were bad, t- like it sounds like they were not great landlords or like pillars of society who right. like cared about the less fortunate um so yeah so once they realize Anne isn't gonna compliment them a bunch then they just are like okay well we'll show you how important we are in bath look at every time we leave the house and we come back we realize like all these people came and left their calling cards uh-huh. and like everyone cares about us and look at how beautiful these rooms are and ann is just watching them thinking like okay but you have a manor back home right <laughs> and like this is like nice but it's like a townhouse like essentially you know right. and she's like this is nothing compared to the manor back home but you're acting like it's like amazing and like elizabeth is like look at how big our drawing room is and yeah. Anna's like it's not even 30 feet wide Which is hilarious because I think my whole house is not even 30 feet wide. Like, we live in, like, a very tiny place. And I'm like, I don't think it's 30 feet wide in, like, any direction. Or it's just, like, bordering on that, maybe. (laughs) But, But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we get a lot of Mr. Elliot in this chapter. Yes. So, Mr. Elliot has been there to visit. Um, He – they're talking about how much they like him and how – and he has explained the situation of why they were estranged um, and told this whole story about how um, he – he didn't realize that he was giving offense. And then when he realized he thought he was thrown out of the family, and then he didn't want to approach them. And it's all um, very. Uh, and and thinks it's sus. She's like, I don't feel like this is a good enough explanation. But uh, Sir Walter and Elizabeth <sighs> are fully ready to accept all of his apologies.
0: Especially Sir Walter. Elizabeth yeah. is like a little bit less mollified, um, especially because Mr. Elliot's friend, a uh, Colonel Wallace, um, he starts visiting with the family as well. and Colonel Wallace tells um, Sir Walter and um, and Elizabeth that like, oh yes, uh, Mr. Elliot did get married. It was to this rich woman. Um, but she, uh, she was in love with him and she like totally threw herself at him. And then Sir Walter was like, oh, okay. I get it. Like a rich lady who's like in love with you. Like, how could you say no to that? And like, Elizabeth is like a little bit less mollified as, as I said, but like, she's still like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, right. How often do rich ladies throw themselves at your feet? (laughs) And besides, she's dead now anyway.
1: Right, right. And Anne thinks, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And maybe he's coming around because him and Elizabeth really did have a connection when they were younger. And, um, you know, now that his wife has passed, he's like rethinking, like, maybe I can – uh you know rekindle this relationship um and then Anne has some really funny asides about how when they were younger he didn't have enough time to get to know her character (laughs) because if he did he wouldn't have liked her (laughs) and she's like hoping that he doesn't find out that her sister is like a big meanie uh it's really funny (laughs) yeah
0: she is so funny um I feel like she's like a little bit more serious than the El- than the Elizabeth in Pride and oh, Prejudice, sure. but yeah. she has that same like acuity and she like is just like the way she reads people is really fun.
1: Yeah. I feel like she's <laughs> she gives commentary and she like reads people, but it's in this very like dry way where yeah. I don't think she's trying to be funny, but it very much is. <laughs>
0: yeah with the remove of the situation it's funny like we're just yeah. reading along and it's <laughs> hilarious um yeah she's definitely like something is up here but yeah maybe he just like really wants to get married to elizabeth but it is a little bit weird because his wife has only been dead for seven months yeah huh yeah and then she's like just not she just assumes at some point she'll find out more or something
1: yeah, but he is she's glad to have him around. Yeah. He's very he, um, she says he improves the whole conversation and the company of the room. Like he whenever he comes, he actually listens to her yes. and they have good conversations and he's interested in um talking about Lyme and cause they saw each other together in Lyme and he's asking about, and she tells him about what happened with Louisa and he's like, Oh my God, that must've been terrible for you to even just witness that and see it. And it's like genuinely concerned. Um And then it's funny because
0: everybody else is like, Oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Sir Walter and Elizabeth had, didn't give any shits about like the whole like Louisa being almost killed in Lyme and then now that so now that Mr. Elliot is there they're like acting like they really care and wanting to know more and it's just like a little embarrassing for them yeah yeah it's crazy um Mr. Elliot Anne mentions that like Mr. Elliot is the only one like you said who thinks oh this must have been really hard for you Mm -hmm. except for Lady Russell. It's like the two of them out of like all of her family and like close friends and everyone. Like those are the only two people who like even thought to like kind of check on Anne and see how she was doing. Right. Um, So
1: uh, yeah, Lady Russell also really likes Mr. Elliot. And is very quick to forgive his earlier sins whatever they are um in shunning the family and um yeah so it seems like she kind of has a partner at these uh family get-togethers like somebody who um talks to her and they kind of they they give each other looks because they understand what's going on when other people are talking and they kind of have similar ideas about things so um yeah it's a fun dynamic for her
0: yeah I mean like you you get a glimpse of what the conversation will be is because at one point um Sir Walter goes on this tirade where he's like all oh, the women in Bath are fucking ugly. He's <laughs> like Oh my so god, much. it's amazing. He's he says, "You know, normally you see about 30 women to one ugly woman. Uh, 30 uglies to one beautiful woman if you're just like on a street and he's like but the other day I was standing on the street for (laughs) how how long I think he says like an hour or two and he said he counted 87 women go by one after another without there being a tolerable face (laughs) among them it had been a frosty morning to be sure, a sharp frost, which hardly one woman in a thousand could stand the test of. But still there was certainly a dreadful multitude of ugly women in Bath. And as for the men, they were infinitely worse. Such scarecrows. I I just could keep reading because it's just hilarious. And then he ends it by saying, like, oh, he noticed like when he like, you know, all the men are so ugly. And then he was walking around with Colonel Wallace and he was like, and he noticed so many people looking at them. Um, and he was like, they were probably looking because Colonel Wallace is so handsome. And he, you know, he said that just so his daughter and Mrs. Clay could say, oh no, it's because you're handsome. Everyone wants to look at you. yeah, And it's just like, he's just fishing for these compliments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. And Anna's just like, oh my God. How yes. am I related really to these people?
1: <laughs> yeah. The uh, oh my God. That that whole paragraph is amazing. I thought it was so funny. And uh this is where I was like, is Sir Walter gay? Like, there are so many, like I just – he talks so much about the men and how handsome they are, especially, like, in these two pages, there's just so many – he's always concerned about, like, how handsome the men are. And, like, he talks about the women, too, but I feel like the way he talks about the women, it's, like – it's – it's giving, like, judge at a drag ball type of critique rather yeah. than, like, I am attracted to these people. <laughs> Whereas, like, the men, like, the things that he says about – um the things that he says about Colonel Wallace, he did justice to his very gentlemanlike like appearance, his air of elegance, as fashion, his good shaped face, his sensible eyes. But at the same time, must malet, um, lament his being very much underhung like he's. And then later when when you're talking about the um, him and Colonel Wallace going out together. He had never walked anywhere arm in arm with Colonel Wallace, who was a fine military figure. Like he has all of these asides in many places where he's like, and by the way, he's a very good looking man.
0: <laughs> he's like, so I was holding hands with this guy.
1: Yeah. And let me great. tell you, he's
0: really hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I've been making my way through White Lotus. Oh yes, I there's a scene where they're on a bunch of people on vacation and these like older gay guys just start complimenting one of the yes. women, and they're like, thank God, there's a woman around here who's dressing beautifully with all these colors. Like, everyone, yes. all the other women here look like they're going to a funeral. And they, like, so they start hanging out just because they're, yes. like, appreciating that she's making, like, an effort to, right. yeah, to have I some I also style. just finished
1: watching the second season of White Lotus, and yes, it is very okay. much giving the gaze on the boat vibe. Like, yes. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm not totally done yet but yeah so I've I definitely can see your point with Sir Walter. It feels like, you know, you don't want to like project 21st century <laughs> onto like 18th century or 19th century like characters but like there doesn't feel like a lot of sexual tension between Sir Walter and really anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's always worried about him with, with Mrs. Clay, and I guess we'll go into that a little bit more. Like, there's hints here and there, but it's very confusing. And it's, like, I could definitely see him just, like, maybe not being, like, sexually attracted to women. Yeah,
1: and the um, fact that
0: he never married again and has all these excuses about why he's never married again. Yeah, and, like, he's he's buds with Lady Russell, and both of them are like, yeah, we're never going to get married to each other the way that some people might have expected. And I wonder, like, did Lady Russell, like, kind of get an inkling from Anne's mom or something? Or, you know, who knows? Who knows? And who knows (laughs) if Jane Austen ever intended to imply
1: such a thing. But, uh, yeah, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't help but notice how often Um. know and yeah i mean he's just he's very concerned with aesthetics in general but it does give gay vibes to me (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah someone's gaydar is beeping (laughs) yeah um actually there is weird stuff coming up with mrs clay where like the next chapter starts oh and this is so cringy and sad when, like Anne like goes down to the breakfast room and she real and Mrs. Clay is starting to say like oh now that Anne's here I'm sure like I'm just redundant like like I'm I'm not useful anymore around here to be like a companion to Ellie uh, Elizabeth or yeah um like I should probably figure out how to get home and then like, I mean, it sounds like a half-hearted suggestion. Um yeah. And then Elizabeth fucking, like, stage whispers to Mrs. Clay, and it sounds like she might have known that Anne was around, or, you know, um, she doesn't even seem to care that Anne could hear her, but she tells Miss Clay, like, 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 uh, she... Anne is nothing to me compared to you. Yeah. And then her dad, uh, Sir Walter says like, Oh, you haven't seen enough of Bath. Like you must like stay here. And there's like more people to meet. And, um, you know, I, I think, I really think you should stay. And when he says that it says, Anne was, Anne was kind of surprised because he, Sir Walter spoke and looked so much in earnest and then Anne said it says Anne was not surprised to see Mrs. Clay stealing a glance at Elizabeth and herself um yeah so Anne is like gets a little bit worried again because she's like wait my dad really doesn't want Mrs. Clay to leave. And that's like a little bit worrying.
1: Yeah. She's still worried that her dad is maybe looking at Mrs. Clay as like remarrying her. Yeah. Like and her then in some way.
0: If they get married and then they have a son, then that would just like upend everything.
1: Right. Right. Um, and Mr. Elliot observes this too, right? I think they like, um, glance at each other when they're like, I don't she, think- she realizes, no, she realizes that Mr. Elliot doesn't like Mrs. Clay either. Yes. And then yeah, she's that's like, a little oh, bit later. I like this guy because he also is suspicious of Mrs. Clay and doesn't like her.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think what happened is that like, then, um, there's that that interlude where um, Anne and her dad talk about face creams and her dad is like you know you're looking really good lately like what's up with you what have you done with your beauty regimen and she's like I don't do anything and he's like starts naming creams and he's like oh I bet you're using these I'm like look at Mrs. Clay now like her, her freckles have lightened so much and Anne is like thinking to herself like first of all her freckles haven't lightened at all but also like are you obsessed with how mrs clay looks and like if you are why right
1: yes um i have notes about the lotion
0: we're gonna come back to that because (laughs) i did a,
1: a little bit of a deep dive yes um but then the other thing that happens in this chapter is that the dalrymples come to town yes and the Dalrymples are, this is the the um, dowager Viscountess um, and uh, her daughter. And they are somehow related. They're like cousins somehow. Yeah,
0: distant cousins. Distant I cousins.
1: Think. And so um, Viscount and Viscountess are a member of the high nobility. And so... Uh, Sir Walter and Elizabeth are freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, we have to get invited to their house. We have to, you know, be seen with them in society and for everybody to know that we're related to them. And there's this whole like uh, little backstory about how they became estranged because the Viscount died and Sir Walter forgot to send a note of condolence. And then when his wife died, she also, quote unquote, forgot to send a note of condolence. And it's this whole
0: proprietary thing. Sir Walter was like terribly, terribly sick when the Viscount died. And so that's why he didn't like necessarily forget. But like, yeah, they didn't send a a, a letter. I I read that as like... (laughs) You know, sick in quotes.
1: Like he he forgot, and then later said, like, "Oh, I was so terribly sick, and that's why I couldn't do it." Don't you think he
0: would have like used any excuse to reach out to the family? I feel like, yeah, but he was probably just so
1: obsessed with like whatever was going on with him. He didn't even it didn't even register. I don't know. You know, he's he could be a little spacey.
0: Either way, he didn't send a letter, and uh, and. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, couldn't Lady Russell if she was alive or, yeah, she would have been alive. Like, someone should have picked up the slack and sent that fucking letter of condolence, but no one did.
1: Anyway, uh, so he sends a letter basically, like, groveling because Anne says she's, like, embarrassed by the letter he sends. Yeah. And they get themselves invited to go over to the Dalrymples, uh, wherever they're staying, And, um, yeah, and they go to this party at their house, and Anne is very disappointed. She's like, these people are boring. (laughs) Yeah. And why are we sucking up to them? It's dumb. Um, and then her and Mr. Elliot
0: have another conversation there, and that's pretty much it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee, um, yeah, Anne cannot contain her irritation at the whole event because yeah yeah, like you said like her dad and her sister just cannot stop name drop dropping the dalrymples and she's like lady dalrymple is okay miss carteret her daughter is like really really boring Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels a a lot like pride and prejudice um with uh darcy catherine yeah Yeah. darcy's supposed beloved um (laughs) lady catherine de berg and it's just like okay these are like some windbags that were like just like trumpeting our relations to them right but you know sir walter's really happy lady russell is like you know like yeah they are a little bit boring but this is like really important for your family to have this relationship Mm -hmm. and uh Mr. Elliot is saying like you know like your your dad is like is like someone of consequence in Bath like maybe if we were all in London she like Lady Dalrymple like It wouldn't be worth Lady Dalrymple to visit with you guys so much, but we're in Bath and there's not many people around. And so (laughs) your dad is like kind of like an important person around here. So it makes sense that you guys should all be acquainted.
1: And he's also saying like, hey, you know, yeah, she's boring, but you should take advantage of this. This is good connections for your family, for you in particular. Like, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, so and then we have an
1: interesting conversation about that.
0: Yeah, and that's where he kind of hints, like, "Oh, it's better that he's spending time with these drips than with Mrs. Clay." Yeah, 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 and, and that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then also we get the hint where Anne and and Lady Russell seem to be talking about the whole situation and just like, you know, Mrs. Clay and. Mr. Elliot mm-hmm. and Anne is like just trotting out that explanation of like oh I guess Mr. Elliot is around a lot because like I think he might have feelings for Elizabeth and that's probably why he's coming back and making such an effort and Lady Russell is like yeah it's for Elizabeth <laughs> but she like kind of smiles a little bit and you just get this feeling of like Oh, Lady Russell is probably picking up on, like, the fact that he and Anne must have some chemistry.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it really does seem like they do. um, The way they talk. Even there's this, like, little exchange where she's where Anne is saying, like, the Dalrymples are really boring. Oh, because he says, like you know, they're part of the best society or they're part of good society. And she's like, Uh that's not good society. Good society is like talking with people and having good conversations with friends. And he's like, no, that's the best society to be able to have a um, good conversation. The best is, you know, the best is like what you hope for. But good society is just people who have rank.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it's a cute exchange. Yeah.
0: It, yeah, it's cute. And I don't know. There, I just get this feeling through these chapters. It's feeling a lot like Pride and Prejudice, like maybe two thirds of the way through the book, uh-huh. where you just feel like all of a sudden you realize that Jane Austen has been like, weaving this really complicated web and like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like kind of caught on it and you're Mm -hmm. like, no, you're not exactly sure what will happen next, but all of a sudden you realize like there's been someone very carefully plotting out what's going to happen and putting all these pieces into play. Mm -hmm. And they're all spinning around and like all, you know, like lady Russell and Mr. Elliot and Elizabeth and Sir Walter And then all these, like, secondary characters, like, they have such interesting motives. Mm. Yeah, well, I feel like, yeah, you do,
1: you get the sense that there's, like, there's something going on here, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is yet. You're like, what is happening exactly?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know someone is, like...
1: That there's very some sort of build up coming. Yeah.
0: yeah, someone has very carefully plotted something out. And it's like, it might be like this unseen hand, but it's just so careful mm-hmm. in this really exciting way. And it makes everything feel very thrilling, even if it's just like a couple people talking about like what creams to use on your face.
1: <laughs> I There's also this really... uh long paragraph where they talk about pride and that made me think of pride and prejudice too like this discussion about like pride and it's kind of the opposite of pride and prejudice right like Anne is saying like i wish my family had more pride (laughs) in itself than to
0: like grovel at the feet of these uh aristocrats you know yeah and she's yeah she wants her family to have more pride but she also at some point they, and they, she also thinks that they have too much prejudice, too, where, like, yes. they don't, um, they don't, they, yeah, they're not confident enough with themselves. And so they, like, in, in one way. And so they just, like, will do anything to get the notice of the Dalrymples. And then they look down on anyone who doesn't have a title or is not beautiful.
1: Do you want to know about Gowland's lotion? Yes. Okay, so (laughs) I did a deep dive on um, Gowland's lotion and I found a whole lot of information, not just about this specific lotion, but also about like Regency skincare in general. And I found, like, this really long paper that somebody wrote about, about, like, Regency skincare in this time, specifically related to Jane Austen and Persuasion. Um, I will send it to you and also link it in the show notes. Um, But um, they were talking about how this was, like, a big boom in, like, the anti-aging skincare Uh. industry because it was a time when, like, medical science was evolving, and then people were this idea of like, you can control or like conform your body using science. Like aging doesn't have to be this inevitable fact of life. Like we can use science somehow to like reverse this process of aging. And so this became like a really big thing. And so um people, so h- having like skincare regimens and like selling tonics and, lotions and all kinds of stuff was like really big uh around this time and then um gallon's lotion specifically i looked up like what is this and knowing the context of this makes the scene even funny like funny and devastating (laughs) at the same time because so it was a really so Gallon Solution was really, really popular. Uh, and everybody used to use it. And it was for like um, it seems like like blemishes like pimples and, and stuff, because it would say eruptions of the face. Um, and or you could use it for sunburn and stuff too, people would use it. But it was not supposed to be used on a long-term basis. Oh. The formula of what it is, so Empirical preparation, bitter almond, sugar, distilled water, grind together, strain, and add corrosive sublimate previously ground with spiritus vinny victified. And I was like, well, what does that mean? So read further explains as a remedy much employed by women who are troubled with eruptions in the faces, gallons lotion, the basis of which is the oxymuriate of mercury. Or super acetate of lead. <laughs>
0: wow. So
1: mercury and or lead, people were smearing on their faces and it was it like actually a corrosive material and would actually make your face like look older and damaged if you used it too much. That
0: makes sense because lead is like really good for adhering to things. Like lead paint is like, super strong so i could see how it adhered to skin and also like if it had like a whitish element it might make your skin look good for a little while but it would like yeah. actually over time obviously but not be good to put lead on your face right
1: yeah so the fact that for walter is like recommending this lotion in order as like an anti-aging like thing or for the blemishes and the freckles on her face and that it's actually corrosive and toxic?
0: <laughs> um, I didn't know that, but I did have a footnote in my book that said, apparently there was a, I have a footnote that um, some people have thought that Gowland's lotion was maybe used as a cure for venereal disease okay i saw this in my deep
1: dive as well okay but because of the mercury because that was a oh. they used to uh, for syphilis yes mercury was something that they used to use for syphilis as like a cure for syphilis um and i saw this too and i saw somebody mentioned uh somebody wrote a paper or had this idea that that the mention of it here was like alluding to the fact that Mrs. Clay is like um, his mistress and that he's actually like treating her syphilis or something. And I was like, oh, that's very
0: racy. But other people are like, I don't know about that. That's a little. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I, 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 uh, my book seems to think that 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 the whole idea that it was a syphilis treatment is probably is like a newer, um, newer theory yeah. that's probably disproven already. But syphilis, yeah. you do get like skin lesions, so right, um, it would make sense that you would look for something mm-hmm. to just throw on your face or your body right. to like hide that.
1: Right, but it seems like um, from what I read that it uh, it having it be something used for syphilis was something that happened later, and mm-hmm. like during this time period, um, or early in like the eighteen tens, it was just a regular like skincare remedy for like blemishes and stuff.
0: So when Anne says like when he says like what are you doing with your face like you look so great, um, yeah. Which obviously she does, because also like to go back to like Mr. Elliot, he also mentions several times like oh that like he noticed her and he like he he mentions like noticing her in uh, lime several times, and it was clear that like he remembered like what she was wearing and you know everything about her uh, at that point. Anyway, so Sir Walter is also picking up on the fact that Anne is looking really cute these days. And she says, oh, I'm not doing anything with my face. So does that mean, do you think she would have just like splashed water on it here and there? Or do you like, what do you? Um, in terms of like. Yeah, like wearing
1: makeup or something. Yeah, I doubt she was
0: wearing makeup, but like, I'm like, she's not putting any salves. I'm like, I'm like, maybe she's just washing it with soap every once in a while. Uh,
1: I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine she like washes her face. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she's not like using any creams or makeup or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always got the sense with like around this time that like if you're using makeup, it's because you're a whore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very churchy. Yeah. Very, very much so. Or you are French. Yeah. And sometimes those two things are interchangeable. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, that's interesting. So, was that gallons like just a really popular salve back then, or were there a yeah, bunch of seemed- others? There's a bunch of others.
1: Um, Yeah, there's a bunch of other things. Because like I said, this was like a skincare boom. Like people realized that this was like people were concerned with anti-aging and stuff. And it wasn't just about because because they used to just put on like powder on your face Mm -hmm. or like makeup. Right. But this was a time when they started really doing stuff like with lotion and like being obsessed with like actually instead of just covering up. Like how can, can we actually manipulate and, and cause our faces and have, be in control of like this anti-aging process and, um you know, having a skin regimen. Like this is something that started to become a thing in England at the time that wasn't wasn't previously
0: a thing yeah I didn't really think of that and that makes so much sense and also I love how you brought up like a sense of control like they wanted to feel in control of their bodies especially it's like a time where things are just starting to like really happen and I feel like the the world for them is changing a lot so with like Napoleon and the industrial revolution around the corner and we're in the midst of it. And it's like, I could see how some of that anxiety would be playing against like, oh, let's control our bodies at least, especially with this new science
1: that like,
0: and, and science like can claim to give you like so much hope and so many ideas about like your future, like, I feel right. like even nowadays, I feel like every week you read something in the newspaper about how there's like a cure for cancer on the horizon or something.
1: Nuclear fusion. Yes. We just had a breakthrough in nuclear fusion. Yeah, and- yeah, It makes it feel like, like, oh, these things that we used to think were impossible, maybe they're possible. Maybe it is possible to reverse aging, right? Like through scientific breakthroughs but
0: also i feel like there's an anxiety with all this stuff where people say like some people like with the fusion or with like a cancer um i just read about it like a cancer study that was like very um promising and it's like some people are like this is gonna like change everything and our future is gonna be so different and then other people are like you know this was just a small study or like we're we're years and years, or even a lifetime away, for for um, from having any kind of effects from this fusion experiment. Like it's gonna take decades from them to like actually make this helpful for like humanity. And I feel yeah. like with some of these announcements, you just end up feeling like, well, I'm more uncertain about the future now. Like, what's gonna happen?
1: <laughs> right.
0: Like, is there going to be something good? Are we saved or are we not saved?
1: (laughs) Well, and then also in this, you know, we know like in this industry of skincare and stuff, um, the anxiety of like, oh, now this is something that I have to use. I didn't know I had to use this before. And now it's like if you're. It's not just like, oh, this would be a nice thing to have. But now it's like everybody's saying you have to use yeah. it. So like I should have a skincare routine and I should – if I'm not taking care of my skin using these lotions, then I'm going to age even faster. That I'll be like this – you know, it's this overall anxiety of aging and of, you know, how that is perceived in society and the beauty standards and all of that. So – it's very interesting. But yeah, Gallon's lotion was apparently like very like everybody used it. It was a very common, mm. common thing, which is why he's like, what? Not even gallons lotion? Like everybody uses that. Like, um, yeah, really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like this these chapters felt like just all these like little nuggets of like what is going on. And like like we said, it's like nothing dramatic. No one falls off any stairs. Right. But you get these like little interludes about like gallons lotion or calling cards or the house not yeah. being or the room not being 30 feet wide. And you're just like. And the anxiety about seeing the Dow mm-hmm. And there's so much
1: there's so much class uh, stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah. Even with the lotion, it's kind of like, yeah, who who are the ones who have the money to spend on like a skincare routine? It's,
0: (laughs) it's rich people. It's the Yeah, you definitely feel their class where you're like, Oh, this book started out with so much anxiety of like the family not having that much money. And but then you're like, but they're obviously doing just fine. Right. And they've they've come. And
1: I think that's part of what um, Anne is observing is like they should feel humbled by coming to Bath because it's a smaller place. And the reason they had to come was because they had to downsize because they have no money. And yet here they are in Bath acting like everything is fine and that they are just on a vacation and there's just living in this delusional world (laughs) where it's like we can still spend all the money we want and uh you know keep up with the joneses and be in high society here yeah yeah For radiant-looking skin that defies time, choose Gowlin's Lotion. Gowlin's restores a youthful bloom, combats eruptions of the skin, fades freckles, and even treats syphilis. Gowlin's Lotion may cause permanent damage to the epidermis if used over an extended period of time. See a doctor if you notice signs of skin lesions or other corrosion. Do not operate heavy machinery while using Gowland's Lotion. It's always worth it to look your best. Be the talk of the town and the most beautiful face in Bath with Gowland's Lotion.
0: Did you have a favorite line from this week's chapters? You know, I didn't
1: highlight any specific line. Well, I did highlight some lines, but they were more about like, oh, I'm going to talk about that. But it wasn't necessarily like, I love this line in itself. Um, I definitely liked the, yeah, the paragraph about
0: (laughs) all the ugly women. The ugly women paragraph (laughs) was hilarious. Um.
1: Yeah, and then even even describing Mr. Elliot, he says Mr. Elliot was better to look at than most men, and he had no objection to being seen with him anywhere. (laughs) Uh,
0: (sighs) So Walter. So funny. Um, I also love when Mr. Elliot says, like, that is not good company, that is the best, when talking about like
1: that's a great one. When talking about
0: yeah good company requires only birth education and manners and with regard to education is not very nice um yeah yeah oh and oh so remember when uh
1: like last in the a few chapters ago when we first saw him in lime and jane austen describes him as not handsome yeah. mr elliot and now here he's being described as good looking and you know, Mister Elliot has no objection to being seen with him. So, which is it, Jane Austen? I need to know. But I is think this
0: like Sir Walter also? Sir Walter also seems to like pump up people who are of a certain rank. That's true. So, like he's like complimenting the Dalrymples left and right, and like they're really boring people. Yeah. So,
1: but even Uh, Anne, but even Anne says he's as good. Well, she says he's as good looking as he was in Lime. So, is that a dig? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, she's she's not like not handsome, but she likes him. I feel like, (laughs) even though Jane Austen said he wasn't like, or is there a different meaning to handsome? Am I reading into it too much? Is it like more? Is there more of a distinction between handsome and good looking? in this time period that i'm not picking up on but i
0: also think that like it was one of those situations where Anne, like when she saw him in lime he wasn't like super hot necessarily but she was like oh he's like this gentleman right. who has like an interesting look or something yeah like there was something about him that caught her eye it wasn't necessarily like his like physical characteristics but just like mm-hmm. i don't know a dashing young man on the stairs it, i again i cannot envision mr elliot not being
1: handsome it's i don't i don't understand Jane
0: i don't know i feel <laughs> like me i feel like it's just like maybe he's not like conventionally attractive
1: uh-huh
0: but he like still has an interesting look about him maybe
1: i don't know sir walter approves so you know that's
0: (laughs) but he also has complimented sir walter so much that i just feel like sir walter would (laughs) approve of anyone at that point (laughs) maybe maybe but yeah um have you been reading or watching or listening to anything else lately
1: yeah. Um I'm reading um the con- the Violin Conspiracy by Brendan
0: Slocum. Oh, I've never even heard yeah. of that.
1: I found it at the library. It's it came out this year but like or but like in earlier this year, like in spring or something. Um and I really like it so far. I'm like halfway through. It's um it's about a a young black um Violin soloist. Mm. He's kind of like a prodigy. And he gets this violin that um, his grandmother gives him this violin. It's been like passed down in his family. It's like all beat up. And then he fixes it up and turns out it's like a $10 million Stradivarius. Mm. And then in the beginning of the novel, he's like on his way to a competition. He's pra- rehearsing and it gets stolen. Oh. Yeah. And there's this whole, there's like a note left, and they there somebody's like trying to ransom it. And so he's talking to the cops and stuff. So, um, and then it goes back in time, and you find out like how he got the violin and about how he first started um, playing and his career in classical music. So it's like a little bit part mystery, a little bit part like family drama, part like, um, you know, being thrown into the world of like super competitive classical music. So and there's also like racism there because oh, yeah. he's a black kid trying to make it in this uh industry. And yeah, it's really good. I like it. It's it's um it's a compelling read. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like I'm in search of a compelling read. I probably need to go to the library after this, um, but um i'm like still making my way through like several books i keep like starting a book kind of losing it like i don't know i'll put it on my bed while i fall asleep and then it will fall off the side into like the crack between our bed and the wall and then i'll just like forget about it and find another (laughs) book and start reading it and then like today i fished out like three different books um that had fallen literally like by the wayside um Mm -hmm. And so I'm reading Either Or by Alif Batuman. And then that book I was telling you about, like, it's called, like, I want, I keep wanting to call it The End of the World as we know it, but it's not that. It's uh, by Benjamin Labatut and it's about, um, it's about like Einstein, kind of. It's very weird and I love it, but it's also like kind of hard to concentrate when you're very tired and falling Mm. asleep. And then, um, there's the, oh my God, I need to look up her name. Um, Annie Erno, um, who won the Nobel prize, I think this year. Yeah. A couple months ago. Um, I've started two of her books because I started one. Started reading it, lost it, then read that other one. Or I don't even lose them sometimes. It's just, like, I like all of these books, but I'm not, like, super enthralled. Like, I'm not, like, they're not, like, page turners. And yeah. I feel like it's the holidays right now, and I feel like I need a page turner. So I'm kind of just, yeah. like, futzing around with these books until I'm, like, I don't know, ready for them again. Right. But I like all of them, and I just feel like if I was in a better mood, I could, like, finish them and just be done with them. And instead, I have, like, at minimum four books that I'm just, like, playing around with.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, I could also give you a Sister Wives update. Oh, because what happened? It has been a season, Akira.
0: <laughs> I think I saw someone, like, tweet about it, but, like, I didn't know what they were talking about. Or they were just like, yeah. There's been some well, gifts floating around, but I didn't know what was happening. Well,
1: yeah, it's like mainstream now. It is like everybody's talking about Sister Wives all of a sudden. It's like blown up. TikTok like, is like I was there first. People, I I've been there from the beginning. Yeah, there's people who were like, we've been waiting for this for 17 seasons. You guys don't understand. And now, yeah, there's people who are like, what's up with the sister wives guy? You gotta explain it to me. And I'm like, oh honey. <laughs> oh, oh. So now, he and Janelle are separated Wait, with is, the other wife
0: who we've been wanting to leave. Was that the lawyer or the first wife?
1: Not the first so wife. That's Mary? The second wife. Mary's the first okay. wife. Okay, Mary's the first wife. Janelle, uh, Mary, yeah, they the were married daughter. when she was really young. She has the one son. Oh, son. Um, or maybe they're non-binary. Oh, Leon. He goes by Leon now. I'm not sure if they use they or he pronouns, but, um, yeah, Leon is their child. Um, yeah, they transitioned, like, during one of the seasons of the shows. Uh, what?
0: I had no idea.
1: I know. They came out as gay first and then later um, as uh, trans. So um, Interesting. Yes. Was there a lot of fallout
0: for that? Like, sorry, I'm sure this is going back several
1: seasons. (laughs) Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, okay, well that- And
0: and Mary is still married and like in the church still? Ugh, it's- Okay, uh. okay.
1: Anyway, anyway. Okay, all right, like Mary, so Mary and Cody have been in- in a stalemate, like pretty much a loveless marriage for like 10 years. They have not been together. He doesn't stay at her house. They're basically not married. She had this thing where she basically had like an emotional affair with this person online and she was like getting ready to leave. But then she found out that she was being catfished and the person she had fallen in love with was actually a woman. So then she had to confess to everybody and um and be like oh my god i got tricked and then she basically like came back to the family and was like i'm so sorry and like please you know accept me and help me and then but then after since that cody was like no we're done but she stayed because he every once in a while like drops little hints of crumbs of like oh maybe we'll get back together and no um so that's mary janelle is the second wife and she is super down to earth. She, she's like the financial wizard. She does all the finances. She's like very straightforward. She does, she's never taken any shit from anybody. We, we love Janelle. Um, so they're finally separated, um, which he confirmed in the tell-alls that they're in now. Christine has already gone. She's like living her best life, <laughs> which again, we love and then there's robin who is about to be the only one left because in this in the tell-all um they show mary they show mary a clip of cody saying um as far as i'm concerned mary and i aren't married anymore i don't consider myself married to mary and she's like well this is the first i'm hearing of that i guess he's made the decision she's like so you and carity aren't married she's like well I get, you know, he made, you heard him say it. <laughs> so we're like, Mary, are you finally leaving? So, yeah, it's big news. It's, it's,
0: That's it's wild. It's unraveling. It's, we've, we've been waiting for So, so long. no more sister wives, just one wife.
1: I don't know. Everybody's, now everybody's speculating, is he going to take on more wives? And then Robin will be like the first wife and then he's going to get like a younger wife and then will robin be resentful because she's not the new shiny favorite wife anymore uh, or everyone's asking like please give christine and janelle their own show oh, like i just want to see them <laughs> so behind with the kids, the kids are great. We all love all of the kids. They're so they're they're really fun and smart people. And we're like, let's just see the kids and Janelle and uh, Christine together. Janelle and Christine
0: <laughs> were always really close, right? Or Yeah. Like they Christine were the closest Janelle raised her kids.
1: Yeah, because Janelle worked and um she was she was bringing in most of the money um, for the family. And then Christine stayed at home and raised like all the kids, like 12 kids at once, like her kids and Janelle's kids. And so they were basically like co-parenting. together. I know. I'm like, can't they just continue
0: time? that? But like
1: away from Cody? I mean, what we have seen now online is like Christine is living in Utah now and and we have seen Janelle um having like family gatherings with christine and her family like they're they've done like thanksgiving and christmas together and stuff so i'm like you know yeah (laughs) yeah because the kids are like yeah this is my second mom like they consider they love
0: i mean they're um, already their kids are already siblings but they're like technically half i guess but like you raised together yeah yeah so um interesting do the kids do you know what the kids call like Chris like Janelle's kids call Christine do they call her like mama Christine or is it like
1: they call her I think they just call her Christine Okay. um but yeah they they just call each other by their
0: names that's um. interesting oh maybe yeah I feel like one holdover from our culty childhood is like the awkwardness of calling a like p- people your parents' age, like by their first names. Yes, <laughs> rather than aunts or uncles. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, and it's funny because like now with some of my friends' kids, some of them do call me Aunt Akina, and I love that. And I, I just feel like yeah. it's so awkward to just like if you have a twenty or thirty year age gap to call someone their first name, and I, mm-hmm. um, I kind of love that, and I feel like. Even I was reading online. People were like, "Oh yeah, it's like a, it's a very white thing to do to just like call people by your fir- their first name, mm, um, right. when they're older. Like like all like most communities of color, like you call someone auntie or uncle. Um, mm-hmm. not to like generalize. It's just like I feel like in most." cultures i've been aware of that seems to be like the way to go and i just feel like mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense and it's yeah. just like especially like but we get ick vibes from it because of <laughs> I don't know i feel like some you know what i feel like especially like there's like ick vibes maybe like from calling people like uncle or like there's some icky uncles out there let's be oh, honest yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like in practice, I feel like it's one thing where I'm like, I'm okay with this still happening mm-hmm. um, because otherwise it's just awkward. Right. Like a two-year-old <laughs> calling me Akina. Like, that's totally fine. It just feels like, I don't know. There's something about it where I'm like, yeah, I'm your aunt, even if we're not like by blood, <laughs> whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it, it would make weird. sense because I feel like Mormons are so like, the whitest of the white people. So it mm-hmm. makes sense that they don't do the auntie thing. <laughs> if it was, like, a church family, that would definitely be Aunt Janelle and Aunt Christine.
1: But that would be confusing, because they're not your uh, well, well, how confusing Sometimes it? it could be your aunt and your stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's weird. God, Mormonism. It's it's not my favorite religion. I did try one. <laughs> what. What is your favorite, Akina? Oh, I mean, like, is it the Satanic Temple, the one that like fights for abortion rights? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's like the only D- okay one, even though I've heard there's like problematic people in that group. But oh, yeah. um. And I guess that doesn't really count. But I I did start to watch this um, TV show, The Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, yeah. I think I talked about it before, but I had to stop watching because it was like so upsetting and scary. But it was like about Mormons and a murder. And I was like, this, right. this is too much. I know. Yeah, it's intense. Um, okay, well then let's uh, meet again soon. Tell me <laughs> Tell me to stay safe. <laughs> Yeah, really. You know what? Um,
1: After this happened, after the panic settled down, um, I kept thinking, like, my dog is Louisa Musgroves. (laughs) 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 My dog, I don't know if this will go in the podcast, but on Thanksgiving, my dog was hit by a car. And it was really awful and traumatic. And she had a really bad concussion and a broken leg and she was in the hospital for a week and the first three days was like touch and go she couldn't see she had like really bad head trauma and they didn't you know they didn't know if she, like how much she would recover Um, thankfully she did and she's doing fine now but like the first couple weeks I was like oh like just like seeing what head trauma and like she was just like slow and like Although, and I was like, "Oh, she's Louisa. She's her her personality is fundamentally changed, and she's (laughs) healing." And they said, "You know, like it might take four to six weeks for her to really like come back to herself and to notice her being like herself again, if even that, because we don't know at this point which changes are permanent, which are not, and how much." she'll be able to heal, but it's a very slow healing process. And yeah, I was just thinking about Louisa and her head trauma and like laying in a bed and they sure didn't have like EKGs and like MRIs and stuff to
0: like check and see what
1: was actually going on. They're just, (laughs) yeah, they
0: didn't have some like also like, yeah, anything to help you.
1: I don't even know if they're
0: shining lights in
1: her eyes to see if her pupils are dilated. I have no no idea (laughs) what kind of level of care she's getting. Yeah, but there's not much you could do. They were just like because they didn't want to put give her surgery until her um, concussion was healed enough. And so they're just waiting. They're like, we just have to wait. We we just keep her keep monitoring her and keep her comfortable. Yeah. And then wait. So
0: I have a friend who has a now a child. But when she was a baby, um, she had some head trauma while being born. And. Mm-hmm what the doctors did was so interesting they put like her in like a cooling chamber for a Mm -hmm. few days and they just like cooled down her brain and her body and but i think especially her brain and like this kid had a totally miraculous recovery where it was like at, at the beginning they were like we don't know like what how this will affect her and stuff and then like because they, the, they're, they like, essentially the only way we can help her is to just, like, give her body, like, time to recover. Yeah. And just, like, cool everything down so it moves a little slowly.
1: I wonder if the cooling was also for, like, inflammation. Cause yeah, because you your brain gets inflated. Because they were giving her, like, anti-inflammatory medication uh, to, like, it, it, to combat any of the swelling in her, her brain, right? Yeah. And to slow it down and to give her more time. But you probably can't. There's probably medications that you can't give a baby that young. So like cooling down would be like a natural
0: that way of... Isn't wild? Yeah. And then everyone was like so excited when it worked and they were like, praise Jesus. And That's I like, amazing. I I Googled like <laughs> this treatment and it was like by this lovely like Indian woman doctor who like lives in Minnesota or something who like mm-hmm. pioneered this cooling treatment. And I was like, we should be thanking her. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> not Jesus. God Wasn't doesn't it doesn't exist, you guys. I didn't say uh, that to the freaked out people, but I was thinking that. Yeah. anyway well i'm
1: excited now you know about the really cool uh scientist who invented this procedure or medical doctor who invented this procedure that's great
0: (laughs) um i'm excited to keep reading and find out like we didn't hear at all what's happening with louisa right now um yeah yeah so i'm looking ahead i'm very excited Thank you for joining us once again.
1: This podcast episode was produced, edited, and the music by me, Laurel Nakai. Uh, Akina Cox does the artwork. And you can get in touch with us by sending us an email, janeaustinculturenight at gmail.com. Also, check out my TikTok at janecultpod. We're also on Twitter. uh, though We don't post much. But uh, you can message us there. (laughs) Tweet at us. And we'll see you next time. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Oh, I start. You (laughs) do.